Yo. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome, welcome everybody to the Hangover College Football Show. Let me step outside real quick so we can feel the atmosphere. We can feel the ground. My foot is on the ground. You know, it's on the ground. I'm feeling the heat coming from the midday atmosphere. The sun is shining. There's clouds. Um, I know y'all can't see it. So hopefully soon enough, we can have a streaming um, camera with us. I just got to fix my phone, just be honest. But, um, of course, I'm your guy, Ill Intellectual, a.k.a. Wicked Assassin, uh, part of the Phase 1 crew. Uh, you, you guys hear the cars are coming in. People are getting dropped off from school. But welcome, everybody, to the Phase 1 um, hangover show, college football analysis from the week, from last week, excuse me. And uh, we're going to go over some games. We're going to go over some news. And, uh, you know, we're going to get into it. So let's get right to it. Okay, so the biggest story in sports, period, I don't care what nobody says, is Dion being hired by Colorado. You heard me talk about this last week. You heard me talk about this the week before last week. Because it is the biggest story in college football. Yet I said it again. Right? So Colorado went up to Oregon to play Oregon, number 10 or Oregon. And they got smacked. <laughs> I'm talking about smacked. I believe the score was 49 to 6. Um, Oregon did whatever that they can do. Um, I can clearly say from the first drive, I was like, they need interior line, offensive and defensive, because <sighs> when that offensive line got a hold of Colorado's deep defensive line, it felt like varsity versus elementary school. I'm not even, I'm not even exaggerating. Like they were so overmatched on that side of the ball. They were pushing them boys around. They were running at will. I remember, I believe it was the second or third drive, right? It was second and 15. And the running back got 17 yards, 17 to 20 yards, like off rip, off rip. Because uh, Bo Nix got sacked for at least five to seven yards. Second and 17. He handed off, and that running back got those yards and more. That's how outmatched they, they were. It was a shellacking, <laughs> for lack of a better term. It was a shellacking, bro. Oh, my God. I couldn't believe it because I had so much, you know, I, I had so much confidence in Deion Sanders, and I'm still with him. I'm still with him. Uh, we, we all know college football. The number one thing about college football is recruiting, and he's going to recruit. Um, hypothetically, if I was a kid that is 6'3", uh, 250, or 290, 
in high school. I'm a junior or senior in high school. And Deion Sanders calls me and says, hey, man, I'm, I'm going to be at your crib. And let's say I'm single mom, single dad, or I have both parents. Deion Sanders come in. I'm already signing them up. I'm already signing the papers. I'm, I'm like, you don't have to come in and sit down and talk to, to my parents because I'm already signing because I want to learn for from, excuse me, the best that ever done it at quarterback. Like he said in his press conference, he has a gold jacket he didn't buy. Nope, he has no receipt for it. He, it was given to him by the peers, the voters, uh, and the Hall of Fame. He, he's a two-sport athlete, professional two-sport athlete. Not he played baseball, basketball, and football in high school, which he did. He played baseball and football in Florida State. He played baseball and football in the pros with the Atlanta Brave, the Yankees, I believe the Kansas City um Kansas City Royals, I believe. I'm not sure. I need to fact check on that. But I will get back to you, to, to y'all next week about that. Um, anyways, they got shellacked. Shadora Sanders didn't have no time back there. He got sacked seven times. They can only muster a touchdown, right? Um, I didn't want him to be blank. I'm, I'm going to be honest. By the by the second series, I knew what type of game it was. Then we're going to talk about <laughs> Dan Lanning, the head coach of Oregon, bringing the ESPN cameras into his locker room, giving his speech, saying that we're fighting for wins, they're fighting for clicks. I, I will have another word <laughs> to describe him. And it starts with the N and it ends with a G. And please, Oregon's been a perennial clickbait with Phil Knight being a, a, a alumni. And if you don't know Phil Knight, if you've been asleep on the rock, he is the owner and founder of Nike. And he went to Oregon. So you know they have first dibs on all the colors. I mean, sometimes they will come in at all white, and that's not their colors. <laughs> their colors is green and like um, a highlight yellow, maybe green and black, maybe green and white. I mean, sometimes they come in in metallic helmets. Like every single game is a different jersey. That's what clicks. So stop it, slide. But I do understand you got to motivate your players to go out there and be motivated to be a number 19 team that was 1-11 last year, right? So I didn't have a problem with it. I did have a slight problem saying that what you guys were watching last week, I hope you're still – yes, we're still watching, bro. We're still watching, bro. Because what Dion did is up – the win total by two plus two he he is plus two in the win total and i don't even think he's done yet i don't think he's done i know the role gets harder since then because they have to play usc saturday and arizona state stanford uh ucla 
you know, all the good teams in the Pac-12. I understand that. But guess what? You beat them. Congratulations. And I'm going to echo Deion Sanders' word. You better get me now. This is the time. Beat him as much as you can because I promise you, once he get the recruits, because he, he did say it in, in first take and big game noon and uh, college game day, he's about seven to eight dogs away, meaning he needs the lines to be solidified as far as the offensive line and the defensive line like we talked about earlier. So with that being said, congratulations, Oregon. Colorado's going to go back, watch the film, see what they did wrong, and try to correct it on the next game against USC because that bad man, Kellen Williams, is coming into Boulder and trying to derail that Cinderella again. (laughs) You know? Oh, my God. These guys are so crazy, right? So we'll see. We'll see. Um, But – we all know, like, I still have a hangover from that butt whipping. I'm still uh, – uh, remember when you used to get whooped so bad as a kid that you had, like uh, – you cried so much that you couldn't even catch up, catch your breath. You know what I mean? That's how I'm feeling right now. But I'm the, – the supporters, the fans, the Colorado – Officiators are going to lick their wounds. They're going to be back again with the same energy, the same winning attitude Saturday against USC, even though it's a tall task, even though USC is favored by 23 points, right? We're still going to come in there, cheering them on, Shiloh um, and Shador, Dion, the coaching staff, and the rest of the boys. We're going to be cheering them on for Doug because win, lose, or draw. I'm with Dion to the to the wheels fall off. Even then, I still be in the ride. I'm still going to be in the ride. So I don't care what, what you guys say. I'm still going to be in the ride. Okay, moving on. Uh, the second game I would like to um, talk about is Notre Dame, Ohio State. Um. When I was asked who you got before the game started, I remember my coworker, Beto, um, shout out to Beto. Uh, he asked me who you got. And I said, Notre Dame, because Ohio State, their quarterback, yeah, you know, he's a little, he's a little suspect. He's a little suspect. You know what I'm saying? They're still a talented team because I don't, I don't, um, I don't underestimate Ryan Day. Uh, very good college coach um he get his boys ready to play every saturday and um i don't underestimate him so here goes the game so i'm watching the game and this game is looking very good very good as far as is it's not a it's not a track meet nor a marathon it's a defensive battle like the lines were ready to play defensive line and offensive line on both teams. And hence, the Notre Dame quarterback played pretty good. He didn't play good enough to win, but he played pretty good, right? It was an exciting game. It's a game that you want to watch, right? Be, 
between two powerhouses and it's like the unstoppable force with a movable object something is got to give right and late Notre Dame was up 14-10 Ohio State um was flagged for um an intentional grounding he had a punt and that defense had a strap in and get the offensive ball get the offensive the ball back which they did and they threw a ball to abuka at the one yard line seven seconds left what i believe the notre dame coach and guys i will get the names of every coach and every player that i'm talking about um, not that I'm just following Colorado because of Dion. I, I barely remember every player on that team. I mean, I know them, but I don't like, I can't remember them for a show just to save my life. Just please bear with me. This is our third show week four, you know, um, and we're just gonna roll with it. Just, just be patient with me. Um, and we're going to get there. I wish I had case on a Saeed, really Saeed, because he is, he is an analytical guy. Um, we will, would love to have him as a co-host or a su- surprise guest. Uh, so ho- hopefully one of these days, my phase one crew will jump in and kind of, you know, not help me out, but. Uh, give you guys their perspective, uh, another insight. So you guys are just not listening to me like all the time. Like, I mean, I, I do love the intimacy between me and the audience. And we're just talking about college football uh, and the hangover, right? Because listen, college football is so good right now. Like this year has been one of the best years in five, five to six seasons, honestly. And next year is going to even bet is going to be even better because the college football playoff stretch from four teams to twelve teams. So from one to twelve, you have a chance to um, be a national championship. If if the coach coach you right, you have the right players, and you believe that you could be world beaters, or you have the number one recruit, and you have your schemes right, your defense right exciting right i can't i cannot wait there's actually parody in college football because we know in in the past past five or six season georgia alabama clemson it, it may be a lsu here uh auburn here or florida state here every now and then but you already know those three teams georgia alabama clemson now the doors are wide open the talent is spread out and i only say georgia alabama and clemson because ohio state of michigan they're usually you know like underwhelming uh michigan last year not to get off too off topic excuse me right but michigan last year got beat by tcu and tcu got sh- Manhandle in the in the um, championship game, right? Uh, 
Ohio State gave Georgia the best competition they had since playing Alabama the year previous, right? So um, I'm just saying that 12 team, I'm freaking excited for because uh, a top-tier team may have one bad day, one bad scheme, one turnover, and it is upside down, right? Shades of Ezekiel Elliott and Ohio State beating Alabama and Nick Saban that one year that that Ohio State won, uh, I I I believe was the first college football uh, playoff champ championship game, right? So, anyways, moving on. So now we're moving on, and we're still looking at this Ohio State Notre Dame game, and when I tell you, it was so fascinating that uh, Buqua caught the ball at the one-yard line. The Notre Dame coach calls a timeout. And I don't know if it was the defensive coach. I don't know it was if it was a defensive line coach. I don't know who's to blame for it, but they had 10 people on the field for two plays, two consecutive plays. And to lose at the buzz, buzzer beater like that, must be disheartening. Got another coworker. He's a supervisor, Chris Hines. He is a huge Notre Dame fan, and yeah, we were trolling him because he talks shit. We talk shit. Whatever. Woo woo. We have some Sooners fans there. We have some Texas fans there, and we have me. I'm just a fan of overall co- college football. If if I will have to say like a team that I went for as as a kid so i'm from dc and the only d1 team from dc that was playing at the time is university of maryland so that's the team i kind of look out for and i was used to the acc and i wish the university of maryland would have stayed in the acc now we're in the big 10 which kind of turned me off that program earlier on so i i mean i'll watch them but i'm not like oh my god i hope no i'm not that because like i believe that they they themselves a disservice yes i know the money is there and acc money is not there but we had rivals established now we're moving on to college basketball right when the university of maryland was in the acc our rivals was North Carolina and Duke. Well, our rivals was really Duke. And I'm going to tell you a short story. I was about 14 or 15. I was watching the University of Maryland with with, with Steve Blake, Juan, Juan Dixon, Chris Wilcox against Duke with, um, oh, my God, um, uh, number 34, Mike. His dad used to be a head coach in the NBA, and goddamn Jason with Jay Williams from ESPN, and he used to kill it. Jay Jay Williams himself, I call call him Big Game Jay. He he used to kill us, right? So that's the type of um, that's the type of rivalry I was used to uh, basketball and football. Right now we don't have that. Now we don't have a the the University of Maryland don't have 
of per se a rival, right? Like we're just out there just floating in in the Big Ten. I mean, I can say Penn State or Rutgers, but come on, bro. No, no. We had Duke, North Carolina. Like that was our rivals. And and Duke and football is doing great right now. Like I will pay my left pinky toe just to see a University of Maryland versus Duke University and college football. Anyways, can't do that. It's okay. Let's move on. Um, but yeah, that game, Notre Dame and Ohio State was a very good, good game. I was excited. I was at the edge of my seat. And I loved it. Uh, Ohio State ended up winning. Um, I wouldn't trot out there with those ugly green jerseys that Notre Dame wore. I mean, those gold hel- helmets are still awesome. Like, oh, I love those gold helmets. I mean, I I know why Notre Dame has a lore as it as, as had for college football for up to 100 years, right? Uh, because of those gold helmets, they're shiny, they look good. If, if I was a kid playing in football and I had the grades, I would want to go to Notre Dame just to wear those gold helmets and not have my name on the back of my jerseys. You know what I'm saying? It's just crazy. Anyways, um, moving on to the next game I would like to talk about, which is Alabama Ole Miss. Now, we all know Alabama struggled the week prior against South Florida, where they had two quarterback changes and they benched Jalen Mayro the week prior, right? And Jalen Mayro showed leadership by continuing to support his teammates every field goal, every touchdown. He was there dap- dapping up everybody, encouraging the the quarterbacks that replaced them. He wasn't down on himself. Uh, basically, he was optimistic, which you will want from a leader, right? So, um, Lane Kiffin, I'm, I'm not going to, I love Lane Kiffin because he's he's the type of guy that likes to stir up the pot, you know, like to talk shit. He was an offensive coordinator for Nick Saban when he took the job at Florida at Atlantic. He he left. Um, I believe he was supposed to coach in a semifinal game and didn't coach well. Then Nick Saban fired him. So now there was this thing like Nick Saban say I fired him or didn't say, but it looked like he fired him. And Lane Kevin was like, he didn't fire me. I just quit. I had another prior engagement so my mind was not on on the game anyways and that um upgraded steve sarkisian as a um offensive coordinator he wasn't able to implement his game because he was i believe just a either assistant or a position coach uh, it didn't work out well for Alabama. They end up losing that semifinal game and going home and doing whatever that they need to do. Um, yeah, so that happened, right? So moving on, and the game comes, and it's totally different. Alabama played up to their competition. Um, Ole Miss tried 
but that defense was just too menacing. I don't know if it was intimidation. Like, I had no idea. Uh, Jalen Merrill played good, good enough for them to win. And the running game was there. Uh, the RPO was, was there. He was accurate with, with his deep balls. Some balls, they were like, who, who are you throwing to, right? Um, I believe he, he just needs to uh, get better at throwing the ball because we, we all know he can run. We, we all know he can run the RPO and full defensive ends when they're crashing in. He he can take the ball out the belly and jump, jump out the window or if they're staying put and trying to contain he can let the run, running back do his thing but he just got to get better with throwing where he he's now a real du- dual threats where defense or honest they're not just crashing in like hey now you gotta run it or now you gotta throw well really they're forcing him to throw and i don't think he's there yet i believe he's a good young man with good character uh, he's going to figure it out, right? So hats off to Alabama for beating um, Ole Miss. And I enjoyed that game too. That, that was a good good game. And that's all I got to say about that game. Now moving on to the last game I want to talk about, USC, Arizona State. Now USC was in a dogfight. Arizona State did not come to play with these boys. But again, Caleb Williams, who is Caleb Williams, that's why I want him on my professional team that I support. I think he is a generational talent. He will only get better. Um, He's from the crib. (laughs) He's from the crib. I I know it is hard to play for a professional sports team where you're from, but I believe this guy is made of the right stuff. He has the talent, he has the poise, and he has the football acumen to be a great player in the National Football League. Because right now, I believe he's better than Zach Wilson. I believe he's better than Kirk Cousins. You know, I believe he is better than Sam Howell. That's my starting quarterback. And I hope we move heaven and earth just to get them. Now, I wouldn't, I, I, excuse me, I wouldn't trade Chase Young for him. Maybe Montez Sweat. Maybe Montez Sweat. (laughs) Just to move up to get him. I I just want to have him. But um, we have a decent team out there in uh, Washington. But moving on to the Arizona USC. Arizona State USC game. It was a dogfight. Arizona came to play. They matched them touchdown by touchdown until Caleb Williams rose up like this is not going to happen. And he got away from them and they end up victorious. But that also tells me it's going to be a dogfight in Colorado, right? Um, the stars will have to shine. And that can, I believe Kayla Williams can shine, and I believe that Shadora Sanders can also shine. He is a pre, he he is a top five pick if he gets out this year or next year. He is a top five pick. Maybe this year, I believe he's a third or fourth quarterback pick in the draft. 
next year he might be the first pick overall. I'm sorry. He might be the first pick overall, depending what are the needs of that team, right? Of of the team that gets the first round pick um, next season, after next season, I should say, right? So, anyways, that's all I wanted to talk about. USC looked good, dogfight, but they came out. Notre Dame and um, Ohio State, it was a dogfight, but Ohio State came out on top. It was a great game. I'm excited for Notre Dame moving forward. I'm excited for Ohio State moving forward. But my dog horse is Penn State. Look out for Penn State winning the Big Ten. I'm just saying, um, because Michigan didn't play anybody. Like, who who did Michigan play? I'll wait. That's right, nobody. Anyways, moving on, Alabama, Ole Miss, Alabama get, got back to their winning ways. Hopefully it rolls on where they are relevant again. And my main man, Prime Time, Coach Prime, the Prime Fake. Deion Sanders at CU. Everybody's watching CU. I'm watching CU. I'm um, supporting Dion until the wheels fall off. Even the wheels fall off, I still be I still be in a car. Excuse me. I might say I I still will be in a car. Even the wheels fall off, and we're not going anywhere. That's how much support I have for Prime. Love Prime. Love a swagger with confidence, not arrogance. With confidence, because arrogance there's there's a dash or a whole smidgen of delusion confidence there's no delusion it's just i know what i can do i can back it up i can talk about it and i can back it up so with that being said thank y'all for joining me for another hangover show week four i'm your main man Ill Intellectual, a.k.a. Wicked Assassin. Shout out to the Phase One crew. Shout out to Saeed. Shout out to Brandon. Shout out to Kason. Shout out to uh, Biggie. Shout out to even Jeff Green. Shout out to Tony. And all and everybody at the Sports on Stereo crew. Shout out to all y'all. Thank y'all for joining me. Uh, we'll see y'all next Tuesday. Same bat channel. Maybe a different time because I believe I might work uh, during day. Yeah, I work during days. So the show will be later on, maybe at 637. Uh, but I'll still bring you that same energy, same facts. And same opinions about the last week's football games. Thank you all for jo joining me. I appreciate Charles supporting me. I appreciate Charles supporting the crew. We are building something here. We are moving. Until next time, y'all be blessed. Y'all be safe. I'm out. Salute to y'all. One. Hi, it's Eric from Bar Harbor Cellars Winery, located in Bar Harbor, Maine. Bar Harbor Cellars is a family owned and operated winery for almost two decades. And we have a very simple philosophy. When you wanna make great wine, use great fruit. Our method is to source the fruit of our wines based on the quality, 
not fashion. We work with independent growers throughout Europe and North America who practice safe and sustainable viticultural methods, allowing us to make wines across a wide spectrum. We're able to offer simple fruit wines with some delicate sweet notes all the way up to big, bold varietal reds and crisp and delicious whites. Whether it's apples and blueberries from our backyard here in the state of Maine, or the delicate Pinot Noir grapes of Northern Italy, we truly enjoy crafting these delicious, interesting natural wines for you to enjoy. So when you're in Bar Harbor, please visit us at Bar Harbor Cellars. And if you need to, visit our website. Let us see if we can ship our wine to you. BarHarborCellars.com That's BarHarborCellars.com Select your favorite wine from our wine vault and we'll see about shipping it to you. And now, let's ship you over to the Premier Sports team on the Stereo app, the Phase 1 Sports crew. And to you, our guests, and to the Phase 1 team, we raise a glass and say salute.